This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with a great guest. He's a writer, a game master in other nouns. It's Rick Budd. Hello. Thank you so much for coming and doing this. Oh, dude, thank you for inviting me. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled to have you. Uh, I was surprised and delighted, as you told me right before we hit record, that this is the first podcast you've done. Yeah, yeah. I've done like a lot of streaming on Twitch, uh, like on Saving Throw and Geek and Sundry and stuff like that, but I've, I've never actually been on a an actual podcast before yeah okay um i've heard a zillion of them <laughs> everybody i know who has been on you know 40 uh but um yeah no this is my first and uh thank you for inviting me it's absolutely very cool absolutely we met basically through your partner amy uh because amy was doing some shows with myself and, and my friend laser uh the game night variety show yes uh, and you came and did the show and it was awesome Yes. Uh, oh, thank you. No, that, that was so much fun. Oh, my God. Um, thank you for inviting me to that, too. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, Laser is the best. Um, uh, we, lo- we love them. Awesome. Uh, awesome. Uh, so you tell me more about Saving Throw, because I, I am not fully... I like have one tiny toe in the whole streaming world, but I don't spend a lot of time, so I get sure. confused. Uh, Saving Throw is, I mean, you know, it is like it is a Twitch channel, okay. Um, and uh, on that Twitch channel, it sort of has like a network of, I mean, or or a you know a schedule of programming, you know, like a like a network would have, um, sort of like a it's a competitor like Geek and Sundry and Hyper RPG and sort okay. of outfits like that. Uh, it's Saving Throw is. Almost exclusively just all RPG streams. There are some streams like where, you know, people talk about DMing or talk about okay. RP- aspects of RPGs, but like it is all focused on on, on gaming. Um, and uh, they, you know, they've got some great shows on there. Uh, uh, there's a D&D show Iron Keep, and they just finished up a really long show, uh, really long run on this great show called Wild Cards, which was like this sort of Western RPG. Oh, nice. Um, and, uh, and I do like this sort of stupid comedy RPG where, uh, <laughs> basically it's like, I, I, I bring a bunch of people down and we pick some, like a movie world, you know, like this week we're playing in Roger Rabbit, this week we're playing in oh, really? you know, Men in Black or whatever. We've done, oh my God, we've done 49 of them now. So it's like, I've done like, I, I can't even, you know, it's like we're getting to the point where it's coming hard to think of new things, places to go. Yeah. Um, distinctive worlds, right? Yes. But luckily our show is mostly, it, it, it always leans towards the goofy. So it's like, even if we have to, you know, even, even if the worlds repeat themselves again, the new people that we bring on, you know, their their new their different improv style will sort of yield a completely different result anyway. Okay. So it's like well, there's a little latitude there, but yeah, it's you know, uh, it, it is getting tougher to come up with yes, distinct vibes. It's okay. Like, you know, you've done Men in Black and Ghostbusters and Gravity <laughs> Falls, and you know, and you're sort of just like, what's the? Is there any more? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Buffy. I don't know. It's yeah. Like, um, but yeah, no, that's, you know, and, and that's great to uh, have a lot of fun doing that. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's Saving Throw. Check it out on Twitch, Saving Throw Show. And do you, did you come to that because you were a big fan of gaming and a game master and you're like, hey, you got a channel? I can do that. K- kind of, yeah. Um, I, I, I have, I played a lot of RPGs when I was a kid and then, uh, a, a lot of years went by where I just. I don't know. I didn't play. I didn't really have people in right. my life that were into that. It just sort of, you know, disappeared as an interest for a long time. And then when I moved out to L.A., I, I fell in uh, with uh, a group of friends who uh, play this uh, massive Star Trek RPG with like 39 people in it. What? Yeah. Um, it's run by Jackson Lansing, uh, who actually just wrote a Star Trek comic that I think came out this week on oh, Wednesday, cool. uh, Waypoint. Uh, it's, a, it's a great little story about Data's cat. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, and uh, he's the game master, and it, it has 
literally 39 characters in it, I think, maybe more now. Um, and uh, it had been going on for about a year or so when I joined, and uh, I, I became a Starfleet character because uh, when I joined, it was like there were like a million characters and nobody was Starfleet. And really? I, yeah, it was like everybody wants everybody wants to be like, you know, I'm a renegade Romulan, I'm a this, I'm, you know, it's like... <laughs> I'm, I'm a Klingon from, poet. Right, yeah. yes. It's like everyone's pulling from these really obscure corners of the universe, and Jack was like, like we need some Starfleet. It's like, you know, without, you know, it's... A, so it doesn't really feel that much like Star Trek without <laughs> So, you know, eventually I, I worked my way up. I am now actually the captain of the Enterprise. Damn. Yeah. Uh, our timeline takes place after the end of DS9. Uh, okay. Uh, technically, I, I think we incorporate the, the, the Hovis supernova from the J.J. Abrams movies <laughs> in a sense where it was like that happened and Spock is considered dead or lost in action. That's so awesome. And it just goes from there. Um, we haven't played in a while now. But anyway, it's like I got involved with that. And then uh, Jack started the show Vast on Geek and Sundry. Okay. Uh, which was sort of like a, a space RPG show, very much in the mold of Star Trek, a little bit darker, you know? Okay. And uh, he hired a bunch of writers to sort of help him flush out the universe and create, like, you know, modules for episodes, little plots and characters just to have him, you know, save him some time and to create sort of a very rich imaginative universe that's yeah. sort of beyond what any one person would do. It's like 10 different people's mashed up <laughs> visions of craziness. Uh, and that went on for two seasons on Geek and Sundry. Uh, I think those those are still available to stream somewhere, Vast. And uh, from Vast, I went to work on uh, Shield of Tomorrow, which was actually the official Star Trek RPG show on Geek and Sundry. Right, yeah. Um, and uh, Shield of Tomorrow, I worked on for about a season or season and a half or so, just sort of like, we helped them put together the universe and sort of uh, get like the, the, the individual story of, of this That's so cool. ship going. Yeah, it was a ton of fun, and it's like... Uh, our ship, the Sally Ride, is in Star Trek Online now. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, with one of our characters at the helm. It's like because it takes the Star Trek Online timeline is like, you know, yeah. decades later. It's like the Vulcan from our crew is now the captain of the ship and portrayed as like older and now like in charge. It's oh, just like, that's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. You know, it's one of those things where you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe, you know, yeah. the thing we did is in like a vaguely real Star Trek thing. Yeah, you the know? way the lines are bleeding between... Mm. sort of fan content i know geek and sundry is obviously a professional institution but it's still like hey we're playing in your sandbox oh yes. all of a sudden instead of getting a lawsuit you're like sure yeah we'll take that exactly you're sort of just like uh you know you're you're having this great exchange with other star trek creatives you know from other fields who yeah. are interested in what you're doing you know it's like the star trek online people want to get involved with the rpg people the rpg people want to know the comic book people yeah and, you know it's, it's very cool so like, yeah. uh, you know that was that was a lot of fun and then because i was doing those things i was writing on a lot of rpg shows i, I sort of had this you know I'm, I'm advising a lot of game masters on something that i don't really do a lot <laughs> okay and uh I, I sort of uh me and my my writing partner nick gilman uh, uh we we created the show tempting fate where we were going to use the fate gaming system to run this sort of original universe okay uh and we started off as like co-gms for like the first i think five episodes or so and uh then you know it, we, we sort of like we felt the show sort of like it was not hitting the right note that we had sort of wanted. Yeah. It's like uh, the system was a little heavy and slow for for our purposes. The double DMs, you know, sort of didn't really kind of gel. I mean, it, it didn't didn't break anything, but it yeah, wasn't but it can great slow either. things right. down when you're doing it as performance. Yes, yes, and uh, and so uh, I dropped that system and I started using Lasers and Feelings, uh, the system designed by John Harper, which is named after the song by our friend Laser Rubber <laughs> and uh, uh, and their sister, uh, Aubrey, the Double yeah. Clicks. Yeah, and um, 
so I started using that feeling for te- that system, which has like two rules, you know, basically. <laughs> it's like, it's so easy for riffing. It feels like just enough of a game that like, yeah. basically something crazy happens. I say roll some dice, whatever happens. It's like, either it goes well or it goes bad for you, you and know. it's entertaining either way. Yes. And and it's just, it is, we, we sort of describe it as like, uh, it's like a comedy improv with dice rolling, basically. That's great. Um, yeah. And, and it's fun. And uh, so it's like, I've been doing that and it's like, I, I thought I would do it for a little while. I've done, I think, 49 of them now or something. <laughs> yeah. It's like... Uh, it's pretty crazy. So, uh, but but it's fun. We're we're starting a new season, uh, January sixth, I think. Okay, cool. Um, and uh, yeah, and I'm looking forward to that. So you know, uh, check out Tempting Fate. Um, awesome, awesome. Yeah, we'll we'll plug it again. But it's great to get a little bit more of your your backstory. Yeah, uh, sure. And know where you're coming from as we get into your your main obsession. <laughs> uh, like everyone I email, you offered me lots of things, and I was just so taken with the idea of Lost because I can't believe that I haven't talked about Lost. I was also shocked that podcast. you haven't talked about Lost. Uh, well, it was just, you know, it was such a a peak of intensity. And then the, I started the podcast a little while after it went off the air. So I think it was maybe not minty fresh. Yeah. But even, but I feel like it's got to be coming coming back around for a little bit more critical appraisal and uh in fan review at this point. So I'm excited Maybe. to talk about it now. Yes, I'll be interested to see. Yeah, I think, you know, there's that other thing, which is like, it didn't come around because it was like, I mean, look, I love Lost, but I'm, you know. I, I am a part of reality, so I realized <laughs> that most of the world got to the ending and just went blood cr- bloodthirsty crazy with with hate, you know? with anger, and upset um, about the conclusion. Yeah, yes, you know, it's like I don't want to go over the the top. It's like you know, it was like weird. It was like a, a weird little preview of a sort of toxic internet fandom. You know, it's like yeah. Damon Lindelof was driven off Twitter. It's like a, a service that tolerates you know Nazis and crazy people. <laughs> like and this guy was hated so much more than them that he like he ran him off. You know, and uh, you know, I, I don't want to dwell on that stuff too much, but it's like. I don't really talk about Lost with anyone because there is an element to this where it's like even the coolest people I know, it's like they feel like they have a duty to tell you (laughs) they didn't like it and here's why. And and there's a lot to talk about there because it's like there's, you know – I find everybody didn't like it for a different reason. Some Interesting. Like it so it's not just hating on the ending; it's hating on the yeah. o- on the overall show. They're, well, right. You'll you'll find some people who be like, right, what was with that ending? I hated it. Then you'll find some people who be like, well, you know, whatever. It's not so much the ending; it's that they didn't explain this or that, or you know, there are three questions that person was hung up on, you know, yeah. or or an answer they found exceptionally unsatisfying, where they're just like, you know, it's like, you know, why did Walt have superpowers? You know. Because it's a magic universe where some people have superpowers. Yeah. That's the answer. And it's just like, no, there's got to be a reason. <laughs> you know? And and it's funny that it comes from JJ because it's like something I always think about now. It's like, well, you know, if you're on Twitter, if you are if you run in these geek circles, you know, you hear this debate about like uh, um, The Last Jedi. Yeah. Uh, where uh, a lot of fans were sort of uh, not satisfied that Rey did not turn out to be Rey Kenobi or Rey Skywalker. Yeah, that Rey Palpatine. Yeah. Right, yeah, she's just somebody. Um, and then there are a lot of fans who are very much all about, like, it's so much cooler that way yeah. that there's not some just cliche, pat, obvious answer to it. It's like, nah, it's, it's like there is no... You know, there is no simple tie the ends together answer <laughs> yeah. like that. Ray's a new thing. You know, she is she is just her own character. Yeah. Um, and I feel like with a lot of Lost, it's like, you know, there, there's stuff where uh, people wanted the answers to be more revelatory. You yeah. know, it's like an example I always use, a friend of mine, an old friend, the guy who actually introduced me to Lost. Uh, oh, wow. He, uh, you know... 
I remember talking about the smoke monster with him very early on in the yeah. run, season two or something like that. And he was like, you know, he was one of these people who was speculating clouds of nanobots or something like that. <laughs> and like, I had this moment where I was like, what if it's like, it's a smoke monster? Like, there is no curtain yeah. to pull. There's you know no how revel- dragons are just dragons? Right. What if it's a smoke monster? Right. It's their yeah. own original thing. It's, it's, it's a big cloud of crazy <laughs> smoke and lightning. It's a, a, mo- a kind of monster you've never seen before, and there's no curtain waiting to be pulled. They're yeah. just, they're teaching you about this new monster. And he was like, that would suck. You know? And I was just sort of like, oh, okay. Because I thought, all right, you know, and, yeah. you know, I thought that would be cool. Um, so it was like, yeah, I was one of those people who was like, uh, I like that Ray turned out to be her own character and didn't just turn yeah. out to be some easy fill in the blanks. Ooh, you know, look, she's related to someone that, you know, provides her with some sort right. of. Here's pre- the family chart. Here's who Luca had relations with. And here's the, who. Yeah. Yeah. Here's her pre-made significance for yeah. you. You know, it's like, don't worry if you like her for herself or not. You should like her because she's Luke's niece or whatever, yeah. <laughs> you know. And it was like, I, I, I had that attitude towards loss very early on where I was sort of just like, you know. They, they keep making references to Alice in Wonderland and the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. There's not going to be some big reason why the island is a crazy magic place. The show is, it's a show about a magic island. <laughs> That's it. The, sh- the island is magic, and it's like, there's no more explanation to that than like, why is Wonderland magical or yeah. why is Oz magical? It's like they're magic yeah. lands. And it's like, I think that's why they love trafficking in those sort of those magic land tropes was because like right from the beginning, they were sort of signaling like, don't get into the nitty gritty and the detail and the this and the that. You know, it's like, this is not so much about like, why does Oz have an Emerald City? Who built it? How did it get there? Why did he build it out of emeralds? Why not rubies? You yeah. know, it's like, you don't think those things. What's when the you... weight of each individual ruby? Yeah. Right. It was like, was it really cost effective to build a yellow brick road? You know, <laughs> why, it was yes, like, you could have, I'm sure, right. You could have gone with a color that would have been more common and cheap. You know, it's like, and, and you feel like, you know, Typically, you're not supposed to bring that kind of analytical, deconstructive mind to, like, stories about magic. And, like, Lost, I think, you know, at least for me, you know, it's like it it is best read as, like, a magic realism piece. Yeah, and it always made sense to me because I felt like everything that the show was about in any sort of larger philosophy was was having these discussions about faith versus science. So it, it it felt okay to me that in the end, I felt like the characters did the things that I expected the characters to do. And the plot mechanics had this bizarre mix of some answers being, yep, here's the answer. It's a, it was a portal, and that's where the polar bear walked in. And then other things were just like, it's a magic island searching for goodness or evil. And some who So it was this, this mix of six six years of science versus faith, and some of the answers were sciencey, and some of the answers were faithy. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, when I, after it was all done, I spent a lot of time sort of reflecting over, like, you know, the macro lost. You know, yeah. Like zoom all the way back and <laughs> yeah. what's the structure? Was there really a story here? And it's like really, at least for me, it's like, it's actually incredibly like a really simple structure, you know, for, for lost. It's like what you've got is like, there are a bunch of people who all have a bunch of emotional baggage and emotional problems. And they get on a plane and it crashes on a weird magic island. And they wrestle with the weird magic and they as they wrestle with their personal problems. Yeah. Then a bunch of them escape, but they escape without dealing with their personal problems, really, and without dealing with the weird magic stuff. So they have to go back. Yeah. They go back. They deal with their personal problems. They deal with the weird magic stuff. And they get off the island. The end. Yeah. You know? And it's, it's basically like, like a three-act structure, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, when they get off the island, is like the all is lost moment yeah. where they haven't really dealt with things. And so they go back for the big third act. Exactly. Yep. It's like, you know, when you zoom back, it is really a classic, very simple story structure. Exactly almost what you would expect to happen. You know, what yeah. Would, 
story, a bunch of story about a story about a people, a bunch of people who crash land on an island. What would you? How would you expect it to end? It's like they'll get off, you know. And it's like <laughs> that's basically what happens. And it's like I feel like a lot of people were thrown by the flash sideways, you know. It, yes, it, you yes. know it. it, it yeah, it, it challenged a lot of people's conceptions about what the show was about or what was going on there or, or what you were supposed to understand as the ending. It's like, I get that, you know, it's like, uh, I, I will not defend, I'm not like one of those people, like, I will not, you know, I, I know, I have Lost fan friends who, like, love Lost and they're just sort of like, if you didn't get it, you know, if you didn't like it, it's because you're too stupid to get it, you know, and it's like, sometimes I want to rage at people like that because we all know that's the case. Sometimes you meet somebody who just doesn't get it because they just don't get it, and, right. you know. But, like, I, it's important for me to give people a legitimate way to disagree with the things that I like. Absolutely. You know? I'm all about the I statements. And, like, this is what worked for me and why. Yep. And if it didn't work for you, maybe there's a reason why. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I get it. Lost is not everyone's cup of tea. It's like, for me... Uh it's weird. I I am I am a jack of a zillion fandoms. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, have been, I am a lifelong geek. You know, um, when when I was a kid, you know, comic books and movies and cartoons and my whole life and everything. And, yeah. Uh, and when Lost came along, it was like. It's this weird, like, lightning in a bottle, perfect blend of a million different elements and things that I love, like, piled together in this really un- very idiosyncratic way where, you know, it's it's an adventure story, basically. You know, Robinson Crusoe or something. It's people yeah. on an island surviving and fighting monsters and jumping over chasms and stuff. But it's, it's, it's a character drama, you know, where there's, like, a whole bunch of people who have, you know, at least mostly... Very relatable kind of real life kind of pressures and and, yeah. and, and problems, you know. Very it's real like, feelings, but heightened because yes, it's drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soap opery in places, and, and some people have like a little bit more dramatic, contrived stuff, you know, going on. Uh, especially as the show unwinds and you get deeper into their backstories. Yeah. But at least at the beginning, it's like you know, people with daddy issues, people who are afraid to face responsibility, people who you know aren't happy with their lot in life, you yeah. know. Um, and and it, it's like. A bunch, you know, those those sort of relatable characters in the sort of fantastic setting uh, with all the different elements, the science fiction, you know, the particular blend of time travel. But, like, then on top of that, like, the the philosophical elements to it, you know, yeah. to lost love trafficking and philosophical tropes and sort of, you know, uh, I mean, you know, they, they wore it on their sleeves when naming characters like John Locke. And <laughs> it Desmond was not subtle. Right? Oh, yeah. no, yeah, no, they loved it. Um, and, and it's like, and... And I was the exact target for that. It, like, lit up my brain when they did stuff like that. And, um, like, I don't know. For me, maybe the greatest scene in any movie, the thing I love more than anything else, is, like, uh, the Dagobah stuff from Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. You know, Yoda and Luke. And it's, like, in a weird way, it's, like, Luke crash lands on this weird little island where he encounters, like, a strange creature. <laughs> and there's, like, a cave that, like, just shows you your weird nightmares. And not, you know, and it's, like, you yeah. don't come to it being, like, why is that cave that shows people nightmares there? Isn't Yoda just, like, in hiding or something? Did he, <laughs> did he build a nightmare cave in case Luke Skywalker? You know, it's, like, yeah. it's, like, it's not important. What's important is that, like... Yoda shows Luke his worst fears and, and gives him wise advice and teaches him philosophy and stuff. Yeah, and, and it's and mythic. It's it, it, yes. it hints at this sense that we have. In, I think I think all cultures. Some of it gets a little Western dominated, but in all cultures, a sense of there are these ancient problems that humans have wrestled with. Yes. These like true philosophical questions and these questions of who we are, you know. And when you steep them in a place of mystery, it's exciting because that's I think how we truly feel. Like. For me, like, I like Lost in The Empire Strikes Back the same way I'm kind of fascinated by Ancestry.com because it's like, <laughs> what are the truths 
in the yeah. connections from the mists of the past. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I totally get that. Yes. Uh, you know, the, and there's that thing where, like, it, it teases you with something a little bit real, right? Yeah. You know, the idea that it's like, and I don't know, I guess I don't want to oversell this, but it's like, I feel like when you watch The Empire Strikes Back, it has a, it has a little something that you can take home with you, you know? Yeah. It's like... You know, anger, you know, it's like, uh, what, you know, it's like, uh, anger, uh, um, aggression. It's like the, you know, the dark side of the force are they. Yeah. Once you start down that path, forever will it control your destiny. But the seduction of anger and the power it gives you it's and stuff and like easier. that. Yeah. Right. Quick to flow in a fight. Yeah. You know, it's like, my God, look at Twitter. It's like, you know, they're guiding, <laughs> you know, ethos is anger is quick to flow in a fight. You know, yeah. it's like, let the hate flow through you. Might as well be on their yes. flag. Uh, <laughs> anger is quick to hit send on right. a tweet. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anger is quick to hit send on a tweet. Right. You know, and it's like. I felt we lost, you know, and I guess, you know, again, your mileage may vary. It's like when you zoom out at the macro level, it's like what it was. It's a story about spending your life wrestling with putting down your baggage. Yeah. Every character comes to it with baggage, perfect for people who are getting on a flight. Yeah. You know? it's, it's literally strewn across the island. Yes, yes right. Your baggage literally, is yes. literally like thrown the across the island. It opens them standing on the beach amongst <laughs> shots of their literal baggage, you know. And it's like what I sort of liked was like, you know, and they wrestle with it back and forth and back and forth. And then, like, with those flash sideways, what you get is, like, you know, and, and I guess, you know, who knows what is intended. You know, it's like the way I sort of read them. You know, it's like each flash sideways is like, and in the moment of your death, your your brain tells you a little story about your life that's basically like a summary of the way you lived. And it's made yeah. up of little bits and pieces of the places you've been and the people you've met and the things you've seen. So like the simplest example is the first one, right? Kate's flash sideways is the first one, right? And it's like Kate is a character. It's like she's the woman who always runs away. Like Kate runs. You yeah. Know? It's like in all of her flashbacks, she winds up running, right? But then she, you know, becomes friends with Claire and she takes baby Aaron when she escapes the island. And, you know, the guilt hangs on her for once she doesn't want to be the one who ran away. She wants to go back and, and yeah. get Aaron, his mom, back, you know. And it's like the, the the woman who always ran away becomes the woman who goes back and faces her problem, you know. And when she gets to the flash sideways, it's a story where she meets Claire on the side of the road, uh, you know, so like, uh, I forget exactly how it goes, but it's like she's, you know, in the back of a taxi cab and, yeah. and Kate steals the cab and takes Claire away from the hospital to deliver the baby and like ditches her somewhere, but then sort of feels guilty about having ditched Claire and left the baby. So she goes back and brings Claire to the hospital, essentially summarizing Kate's entire arc from Lost in 20 minutes of an episode yeah. using characters that she's met who've been repurposed for slightly different things that are... Yeah, so it's kind of like dreamlike, a dreamlike yes. mythic, re, your mind dealing with everything. Exactly yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Yes, and it's like, you know, we, we it's like it's easiest to call it an afterlife, but like, you know, clearly it all happens in the moment while Jack's eyes are closing, you know. Yeah. Uh, Jack's eyes close at the end of the series after he his flash sideways ends. So it's like, I like to, you know, it's like, again, trafficking in big pretentious philosophical tropes. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's more like a... You know, universal light of consciousness kind of thing. Yeah. Like in, a, in a sense, like, they're not quite dead in that moment. It's not quite an afterlife. It's more just like, in that last second, you know, yeah, as of, your brain is firing off. There's crude a, representations of a, an idea that we can't truly visualize. Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because I know, I remember a, a couple of people being like, wait, so are they saying that in the afterlife there is this room where you meet the people? Like, I don't think it's that literal that they meant to be like, I think, here's the sign-up room for going into the, like... I think I remember reading Lindelof talking about how, like, they had chose to uh, shoot in, uh, I forget, like, the, some location they couldn't get, and then they chose that church at the end, and they shot in the church, and, and, and you know, 
behind uh, one of the characters while he's talking, there's a window uh, that's got all these symbols from different religions on it. Yeah. And uh, that was just in the church. It wasn't, like, put there for Lost or anything. And yeah. And he was sort of like, we were like, okay, this is a nice room to finish it in. Okay, there's thematic resonance. It's death. You're passing on. This will resonate with a lot of people. Yeah. And and, and they were sort of like, they, they, they sort of felt like ending the moment in a church made it feel a little more religious to people ultimately than they had sort of intended. They wanted yeah. it to be a little bit more... You know, spirit, non-specifically spiritual yeah. kind of, you know, and uh, I don't know, you know, it, it didn't really bother me, you know, I mean, and, and I, you know, I, I am, I am, uh, I, I am a Jew, I am not Christian, so it's like even the, 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 the Christian imagery of him meeting in a church didn't really, it didn't really rub me the wrong way. I kind of, I don't know, again, I sort of just felt like I got it. I was like, yeah. I get it. They're all... You know, they're they're moving on to something indescribable on the other side of that door, out of our lives as viewers. Yeah, you know, and uh, very clearly not on an island. Yes, yes, and, right, and, and not it, in any sort of purgatory place, which had been like one of the big. Yes, you know, uh, right. Everyone guesses. like their big theory is that right. They're all in purgatory, right? And it's yeah. like this is like it, it. It has aspects of a purgatory, but it's more you know, it's interesting where like Ben Linus stays behind to keep working out his issues. It's like uh, you know, and and all that assuming happening somewhere in his mind in the moment of his death as yeah. he continues to wrestle with his baggage even, you know, in the moment of death. And it's like, you know, just that sort of, you know, putting down your baggage is a lifelong process, you know, yeah, get used great. to fighting with it. Right. It's like, you know, it's, and it's all in there and it's just so, so sometimes it gets frustrating for me and someone's like, yeah, but they didn't say why Wall can control birds. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and, and I'm just kind of like, it's because he's magic. Now move on. You yeah, know? I think that has a little bit to do with the fight between marketing and art, which I kind of just like what do you do with because for me I, I had the same reaction when it when it came on like when i saw the billboards like that's going to be canceled <laughs> two minutes into its broadcast oh sexy people on a beach great uh and then i i caught up with it like once the second season had started and i'd heard good things and was shocked to see this very thoughtful science fiction soap opera on broadcast television in the mid 2000s was kind of a big deal and like really, really exciting for me at the time. But I also understood that to keep that sort of mass audience that wasn't there for the smoke monster, <laughs> like yeah. I was partially there for the smoke monster because it's sci-fi, but I knew there was such a big audience and in order to keep them happy, there was that like, what's going to happen next on Lost? You got to tune in to find out in that create such an emphasis on you will get answers to the Did secrets. Yeah, and maybe the, more than the art intended. Yes, and 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 look, and I can't blame people for that. And 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 there's one of those things where it's like, uh, I don't know, split this hair too thin, but it's like, you know, <laughs> there's a difference between like mystery and the mysterious, where it's like yes. lost love trafficking and the mysterious, which everyone read as mysteries that will be solved. And it's like just because something is presented as mysterious and weird, it's like it's because it takes place in a world that's got mysterious, weird stuff in it. There's not yeah. necessarily, you know, a pat answer. But like I get, you know, there are some people who just wanted to know, you know, what does Dharma have to do with it? What is this? Why is there a drop? What, you know, a food drop coming from the sky? Who's sending yeah. those things? It's like, you know, and it's like, I don't know, I, I, I guess I can't fault people for getting caught up in those kind of details, but it sort of feels like to me it's like, you know, that's like wondering too much about the background of the Western, you know? It's yeah. like, uh, you know... You're reading too much in the setting, you know. It's like keep your eye on the ball, which is like <laughs> the characters and the way things affect them and their choices yeah. and stuff. And I think that's like, a great way to look at it. Speaking of characters, I wanted to ask you if you could meet one of these characters and like have a drink with them or play D and D with them or whatever. Who would you want to meet of these characters? Character, not like act, not actor. Like yeah, the like character. the character. Oh, uh, who? Um, from Lost. That's tough. Okay, because like. 
Charlie Pace seems like a fun dude to hang out with. I mean, you know, yeah. in the right moment, obviously. Right. You know, sometimes he seems like a horrible dude to hang out with. You know, like a high on heroin or, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, he seems like a fun, fun character. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know that he would be a, a good D and D player. He seems a little <laughs> surly, uh, you know, um, but I, I would give it a shot. Um, Desmond Hume also, yeah. uh, was, you know, was one of my favorite characters. So it's like, you know, I, 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 I guess, you know, I, he, he's a character I'd love to talk to because maybe I related to him more than anyone else on Lost because he was like the character who was drowning in the cosmic waters, you know, yeah. just tossed around by time and spirituality, going back and forth between universes and slipping back and forth in time and just never knowing really what the hell is going on. And just like this guy kind of holding on for bare life and never, you know, he doesn't even pretend to understand it, really. It's yeah. just, you know, he goes to other people to find out what's going on and get advice he needs he needs a scientist to tell him how to unstick himself in time and things like that um and it's like i i guess you know a a, a character who is sort of tossed around by the big things like that you okay. know sort of felt like e- easy to relate to i guess i know a lot of people love desmond you know i mean he has he's the big romantic hero too right you know uh, the yeah, constant, with the, uh, yeah. uh the constant baby Maybe uh, the the all time everybody's favorite episode of Lost. I don't know. Um, yeah, you know that that one Desmond and Penny's you know romance through time, like his his weird unstuck in time kind of slaughterhouse five thing going yeah. on, where he's, he he builds a romance with her while jumping back and forth. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't love, know if I should be spoiler sensitive here. I, no, no, it's fine. Okay. I, I don't. I just kind of don't worry about spoilers because it's hard to say. Like, tell me everything you love about something, <laughs> but only the first five minutes of it. Uh, yeah. yeah. So ten year old spoiler alert. Yeah, ten year old spoiler alert. Yeah, I I really like Desmond. I think I'd pick him to have a drink with because he's he's charming as hell. Yes. You know he's not like roguish, chiseled, I'm perfect jawline hero. He's he's an interesting romantic hero, but also just his introduction of just being trapped in mm. the bunker hatch thing, and he has to hit this button. And I mean, obviously, there's one of the biggest you know faith type uh, discussions in the show, but. Uh, to me, it spoke to anybody who has sort of wrestles with guilt mm. uh, of like a uh, very Freudian super ego type guilt of like there is a higher power that is always watching you and you must do this thing or else you'll ruin everything for everyone. Wow. Yeah, no. So that must have really struck a chord with you. Uh, a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Oh, my God. Right. Yes. It's like and that whole like, you know, and I, you know. I guess I could stop pressing the button if I want to, but what well, happens but if, have, right? Yeah. Yes, if everything goes to hell? Uh, and yes, and I guess, you know, in the show, at least, yeah, if he stopped pressing the button, everything would have gone to hell. You <laughs> yep. know, it's like. Yeah. So I'd like to have a drink with him for what is it, 108 minutes? Is that a. Uh, yeah, 108 is? minutes. That's what it is, right? Yeah. 108s. The 108s all over the show, right? Yeah. You know? How many times have you watched it? Because you, you have. I, I'm remembering my specific moments that I really like, but you seem to have a huge command of it. Well, I mean, kind of. You know, it's like when it was on, like, I was really into it. So, like, before season two, I rewatched season one. Before okay. season three, I rewatched season one and two. So, like, I watched it a lot when it was on. Since it's ended, you know, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I watched it uh, again or fully again since okay. it's ended. I've, I've watched a lot of scattered episodes with people. Um, I mean, you know, just simply a function of the fact that there's just so much damn good television to watch yeah. now that it's like, who has time to rewatch things you've seen five times, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's like there was a time where my command of the details was much, much better than this. I can remember episode titles and who showed up when and blah, 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 blah. But now it's sort of more like... 
I, I, I remember, you know, the flashbulb memories. You know, okay, when yeah. When this happened, you know, when, when Desmond turned the key, when, uh, you know, when, when Jack became the candidate, when, uh, <laughs> you know, things okay. like that. But obviously you love it to the point where you would happily rewatch it again and again. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, it's like I... I I will eventually do a rewatch. I have a bunch of friends now who have not seen it, and I have been sort of, you know, we have been sort of talking about setting up some kind of watch together or how that would work and stuff. Uh, because, I, you know, I don't want to be tempted to, like, give away everything, you know. You don't want to be that yeah. person watching something with someone being like, wait, wait, here's that great thing that's about to happen. Watch, watch, watch. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I'm definitely planning to get a rewatch at some point. There's always that part of you that's like, I don't want to rewatch it in case it doesn't hold up. I'd rather just stick with my awesome memory of this thing. Yeah. Um and and I know, you know, I know I know it, it you know it faces some criticism. It's like, you know, the Saeed's got some tropes to him that are, you know, uh, yeah. And uh you know, I, I know there's some some, you know, issue treatment of the disabled with like John Locke's story and things like that. Yeah. And and you know, I would not begrudge anybody who is not interested for those reasons. It's, you know, it, it's not a perfect show. I mean, it's like everything, you know, I mean, it, it's got its little problems. So, you know, uh, there is that aspect of revisiting it, but it's like, yeah, you know, I, I am eager to go back and, and to sort of see it all again, you know, with some distance and stuff yeah. like that. Um, I don't know. It's like, again, it's like a, there, there's also like not a lot of call for rewatching it because, you know, I, I never get really to talk about it with anybody because I'm afraid to engage people on the topic. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just one of those things where, yeah, it's like, you know, you're always afraid you, you, you're, you're going to mention Lost and, and, and now it's going to be, you know, everybody has been waiting for that person to come along uh, <laughs> to say they, you know, that they, they like Lost or feel like they get the story to, to ask their million questions. Well, how do you explain this? And how do you explain yeah. that? And why didn't they answer that? And, you know, and it's like. I, I, I kind of hate, you know, I, it's weird. I don't like getting into like little argue, like like pop culture arguments and stuff. It's like, right. I, I, I don't know. It's like, I know a lot of people love getting in and diving into the details and slugging it out. I, I, I tend to sort of just like, as, as soon as I sense that someone's going to be one of these like, ah, I wasn't into, I'm just sort of like, okay, that's great. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, I deeply wish that we could get uh, to a place of exchange instead, because I don't mind if you don't like something that I like. I'm really actually curious about why? Because maybe I will see something in a way that I didn't, or maybe I'll just learn something more about the person that I'm talking to. But the the perspective of, let me convince you that I am correct, let's rank anything that can be ranked, uh, it's, it's fun, it's fun, but I don't... But I think it's just fun. I don't think it's a good way to yes. discuss or relate to one another about art. Yes, I, I have friends who are like you know they are, they are they are ready to debate you about why season five of their favorite show is objectively the best show in yeah. the history of the world, and it's just like I you know I I don't know I kind of don't. I don't have the the stomach for those kind of like debates. I sort of just like you know it's subjective and shrug my shoulders. Yeah. You know, and it's just like you know and conversation uh, right, and, over. and also. No, I don't know. It's like nobody likes it when you shit on the thing they love. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just yeah. like it, it is just pretty much true in every field. It's like no one is, you know, and, and, and it's like. Nobody would like it if you just walked into somebody's home and like your couch is a piece of shit. I but, mean, mine is kind of, but there's a reason for that. Anyway. No, it's, it's got charm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you're, yeah but, you're not making any friends by just going. Yeah, it's like. And what so, you like is wrong. Yeah, and it's like. I don't want to stand by and listen to somebody, you know, shit on law. I, you know, I don't, I don't care the reasons why you didn't like, you know, essentially.
actually, it's like, I mean, you know, for the most part, I know there's some people with some pretty valid criticisms, but like, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I don't need to hear for the 55th time that you're upset that they didn't explain where Apollo bars came from. Right. You know? The repetition right, of yes. the conversation. Um, there is a little bit of a Rorschach testness to it as you sort of get like the different reasons that people didn't like it or, or, or what they thought was the big unsolved mystery. I remember there was some article, I've got, I can't remember what it was in. They asked fans to write in, like, you know, what do you think the top three unanswered questions of Lost were, you know, and we'll answer them for you. And, like, the result was, like, uh, there was no real clear winner. People sent in, like, hundreds of questions, okay. and, like, there were, like, a, a couple of minor pluralities, like, what's the deal with Walt or something like yeah. that, you know, or, like, but, like, what what it really seemed to reveal was that, like, everybody is sure that there are important un, un, unanswered questions in Lost, but no one agrees on what they are. You know, yeah, um, and 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 sort of, and my sort of take was like, you know, because all those details were sort of equally unimportant in a way. You yeah, know? it's like they were equally just sort of part of the setting and the entertainment. But like the important questions, you know, it's how how will Jack handle his life problems? Will Kate learn to face, you know, her problem? You know, like yeah. those kind of things were all I thought carried through, you know, really well and uh, landed, yeah, on, you know, in, in in the in the important ways or important to me as a as a gamer type person. How did you enjoy the facet of the facet of the show that was sort of resource management? Because <laughs> I I feel like Lost was very popular at the same time as Battlestar Galactica, and they both had the very similar trajectory of uh, of answering uh, asking these questions, and then people having various issues with the answers yes. or not answers as they ended very you know yeah BSJ same same exact phenomenon s- similar yeah. time frame, but they both started with yes an element of questions of faith in mystery, but also just crunchy, how much food do we have? Who has the guns and therefore who has the power? And all of these just board game resource management questions. No, I mean, that's, wow, that's great. I never, I I honestly never thought about it like that. But yeah, and like I even, uh, I did a Lost episode on my show. Oh, really? uh, Yeah, last season. Um, And uh, we we played basically like, you know, I I had them play as four characters who were basically being tossed through time throughout the plot of Lost. So they got to like visit all these aspects. And it was like, yeah, there was huge parts of the game were dedicated to like, it's like, yeah, I know you want to go find the hatch, (laughs) but you know, you got to find water too. Yeah. Uh, And it's like, yeah, like Lost is like, I mean... There is the, the, the fascinating story of its development, right, where it's like, a, I believe, like, originally the impetus was somebody was like, create me a scripted drama version of Survivor. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, a, 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 some writer was hired who basically did that, and then they sort of felt that it was like, you know, it sort of comes off as Lord of the Flies with grownups. I don't know that there's really a series here, because, like, how many episodes can you do about... We have to find water. We have to find shelter. It's like, you yeah. know, you can deal with that. You know, we have to find water. Okay, then they found water. You have to find shelter. They have to find shelter. We have to learn to get <laughs> along, you know. But eventually, it's like plots have to come from somewhere. And yeah. it was like, so that that version didn't go. And that's when they brought in, you know, Abrams and Lindelof, who sort of came up with the idea of monsters and mysteries and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and, and that sort of infused the idea of like, okay, yes, it starts as a survival story where it's like we got to figure out how to live and how to survive. But then, you know, the story gets bigger from there as, yeah. as you're drawn deeper and deeper, you know, in. Um, and it's like, yeah, when you put it that way, it's like, yes, it sort of does sound like D&D. Like it starts off with like small little <laughs> problems of resource management and eventually you meet monsters and magic yeah. and, you know, the plot sort of spirals out of control until you find yourself, you know, squaring off with some giant monstrous big bad. Um, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, so maybe, yes, maybe, maybe my gamerness predisposed me a little bit to like it. Um, Lost also, right, yes, being based on Survivor has a little bit of like, when you pull all the way back, Lost is a lot like Survivor still. It's like, if yeah. you think of Jacob as the judge, then it's basically, it's like a bunch of people are on an island and they keep getting voted off uh, yeah. by dying, you know, and until many of them right, are Jack wins. Stereotypically attractive. Right. And yeah. Well, I guess Hurley wins, really. Yeah. Uh, yes. Jack yeah. gets to be Island Guardian for about seven minutes. <laughs> um, it's um, a, yeah. Do you, well, do you like it as a uh, fantasy? Is maybe not the word I'm looking for, but I'm just going to use it anyway. As a fantasy of limited society, because there are so many of those stories all at once, like Lost and and BSG, and and not soon after Walking Dead, and we've kind of mm-hmm. continued telling those apocalypse stories, but in particular, like mid, you know, to late two thousands, everybody seemed fascinated with telling stories of like. What were there? What if there was just a lot fewer of us? <laughs> I mean, there there is something about that. I mean, it's like the the nature. I mean, wow, this sounds so pompous. Like the nature of the modern world makes it really yeah. tough to have mystery and and, and 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 certain kinds of drama and suspense because the answer is always, well, why don't you just pick up a cell phone and call him? It's like take a picture, dude. You got a phone in your pocket, you know. And it's like finding yeah. ways to remove people from all those sort of anti dramatic elements and put them back in places where you know needs are a little bit more immediate and dangerous and simple. Like, you know, it's very tempting. But there's also an aspect of it. It's like, I, 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 I... I don't know. I don't know if this is my phrase or if I picked it up somewhere, but I've called them. It's like, you know, schools out forever stories. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it is a story where essentially for one reason or another, guess what? You don't have to go to work and pay the bills and worry about checks and you know <laughs> dealing with petty office politics anymore. From now on, it's about roaming through the hills, shooting zombies, yeah. struggling to stay alive. You know, it's you like figuring out. Yeah. Yes. Right. Figuring out who's with you and who's against you. It's all drama and adventure. And it's like, Stories where people trade in, you know, the everyday dullness for, uh, you know, adventure are, you know, there's a genre there. And like Lost and BSG, it's like, yes, it's like Lost all of a sudden. It's like, guess what, guys? Your plane's not coming home. You don't got to worry about that gig. You don't have to worry about your (laughs) rent payments. You don't have to worry about this or that. You know, it's like you can invent yourself a new life here on this island because none of that stuff matters anymore. You're stuck. Yeah. You know, and in BSG, it's like a slightly scarier version of like the same idea, right? Where it's like, hey, guess what? You don't have to pay your rent or do anything anymore because your home planet's been obliterated (laughs) by robots. Uh, And, you know, and, and live for the moment because at any second those robots are going to catch up to your ship and kill everybody so every petty concern goes away everything's about the most direct the most dramatic you know um walking dead which you know i i I go back and forth on as a show it's like you know they traffic in definitely the same kind of tropes for me sometimes it's like it's you know it lacks a little bit of you know the sort of bigness of lost like i miss you know the fantasy elements and the sci-fi yeah like you know the big romance and like you know walking dead's a little claustrophobic and a little horror movie yeah. for my personal taste. Uh I did love BSG a lot, you know. Um I you know, again, not not upset with the ending like a lot of people okay. are. It's not I, I, it's not towering genius. I really love the ending of Lost. I actually think it's something kind of beautiful and special. You know, if if you if you're looking at it the right way, BSG. I I, I you know I'm fine with it. You know, yeah. um, it, it's tough to end mystery series, right? Like to me, it's like you compare Lost with the X Files, right? Where, yeah. Like, do you remember the Do you remember the ending of the original X Files? No, because I had fallen off. Okay, yeah, me too. But I tuned in for the ending, and I remember uh, basically, and uh, I'm sure people will correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's like. Uh, 
the ending was basically like a trial episode where like Mulder was put on trial for something so that he can sit on the witness stand and give 400 hours of exposition sewing up every last loose end in question and this and that. Okay. And it was like the, okay, fans want answers. We're going to do our last episode will be a big info dump. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that info dump was like, we'll try and answer everything. And, and nobody liked it, you know, and it was, it was really tough to watch because, you know, I mean, at least for me, it was like, it was kind of boring, you know, it was like, this is the ending of the X-Files. It's like, it's like a courtroom scene, you know? Um, um, and and you know I, I know they they brought the series back later and did some other stuff with it and it's like you know and, I, and there's a lot of great X Files you know they, yeah. have, they have some great seasons on that show, um, but like Lost went the other way where I think their attitude was sort of just like nobody wants to sit down and hear where Apollo bars came from nobody cares where the food drops came from what what they want is. The answers to the big character questions, they want the answers to like sort of, you know, the biggest, what is the island, who has been driving this the whole time? Yeah. What, what are those? And, and and what I sort of liked to their credit was like the answers were always just sort of more characters, you know, and uh, like I know a lot of people like they want Jacob to be God or the man in black to be the devil. But at the end of the day, when you see their origin story, it's like... Jacob and the man in black are basically a couple of bumpkins raised on a beach by a shipwrecked lady who <laughs> accidentally get all the power in the universe in their hand. Like, yeah. you know, and and Jacob isn't God. He's just some guy with godlike powers. But at the end of the day, he's kind of a simple mama's boy with like very black and white issues of what's good and bad and yeah. really old world style of, you know, morality. Uh and and, you know, to his credit, I think as presented in the show, he, he sort of grows over time as he realizes. I mean, you like guilt-driven stories, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, I guess at its ultimate heart, right, Lost is a guilt-driven story because, like, you know, Jacob and his brother, you know, for reasons, you know, hate each other and they fight. And Jacob's mother, remember, like, there was the cave. And in yeah. the cave was the light. And the light is reality. It's the power of everything. It's whatever you want it to be, right? And his mom said, never go in the cave or something terrible will happen, yeah. right? So Jacob does the worst thing he can think of to his brother. He throws him in the cave and like his mom's like something terrible is going to happen, but she didn't say what. So there he is now with his godlike powers staring, waiting to see what's going to come out of the cave. What's the horrible thing that's going to happen and what comes yeah. out? This non-specific black evil mass <laughs> that just shoots around and does stuff. Yeah. And it's like... You know, his expectations created that reality because the power of the island was with him now. And, I, you know, at least yeah. I, that's what I read. It's like, that's what the island does. You know, it sort of it, – it, it, right. it, it makes your expectations in, in, in a way, way become real. And that's right back to the cave in Dagobah. Right back to the cave. Back yes, cave. right back he to brings Dagobah. in his weapons and he sees the possibility of his own violence. Right. Yes. What's in there is what you bring in with, bring, yeah. bring with you. And, and, uh, and then from there, it's like – Lost is basically the story of Jacob feeling guilty that he created a monster and that that monster is running around on his island all corked up and one day it'll get out and hurt the world. Yeah. So he looks like, I think the idea is, and now I'm going to get a little mythology heavy here, but like I think the idea is like Jacob's monster, because Jacob has the power of the island, his monster can't be killed until he's dead. He, yeah. You know, as long as he is alive, he, his power protects the monster because he, you know, it, it comes of his magic. So he knows he has to die, but he needs someone he can trust to kill the monster after he's gone. Yeah. And so Lost is basically the story of the hundreds of years of Jacob pulling people to his island, testing them one by one to try and find the person who can resist the monster right. who he can trust to kill it after he's gone. It's much more of a reality show like The Apprentice of just like <laughs> <laughs> yes. trying, trying to find... The next person. Oh, my God. Right. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, I shouldn't yeah. even mention The Apprentice because it's various connotations. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yes. No. Uh, yeah. I know what yeah. you mean. And I won't yeah. go there. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, uh, as we're wrapping up our, our the main part of our, our talk here, how would you feel about any reboot, remake, re-anything for Lost? 
Um, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, it, it feels to me like a pretty self-contained story. Lost pretty much tells the story from the beginning of time to anything, <laughs> you know. Uh, so it's like extension of the story. I'd be really curious to see, like, you know, how you would do Lost the next generation, you know. Yeah. It's like now that all the mysteries have been answered, now that, you know, you sort of know what the island is and what its power is and, you know, you sort of understand who it's been entrusted to. I, 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 I don't understand exactly how you'd make new plots out of that, but... I, I'm certainly not opposed to anyone trying, you know. Yeah. I, I remember reading an interview with Lindelof once where he was saying, you know, how am I supposed to feel if someone reboots Lost? Right now I'm literally writing a Star Trek movie. You know, he's like, it's <laughs> the way. Be a dick about it. Right, yeah. he's like, it's the way of the world. They, you know, they, you know, it's like it belongs to ABC. Someday someone will reboot it or make a movie out of it or something like that. And it's like, you know, I hope it's someone who loved and cared about the same aspects of the material that I did and, like, teases that out of it. I would hate to see Lost where some made by somebody who thought it should have all been nanobots, you know? Yeah. Um. So it's like, as long as it's somebody who, like, gets the mix of adventure and romance and philosophy and, you know, uh, character drama, someone, yeah. who, someone who got the recipe, uh, I, I would be excited to see another take on it, you yeah, know? It's that's like, very open-minded. I, A lot of fans don't ever want their thing messed with. I, I used to be one of those people, um, uh, you know, a long time ago, you know, it's like Watchmen <laughs> was one of those things where I was just like, why do you have to make more Watchmen? Blah, yeah. blah. Um, and uh, it's sort of like, you know, it's, you know, eventually you just come around to that idea where you're just like, well, the thing I love is always still up on the shelf. Yep. You know, it's like making some crappy sequel or whatever. It's like, it doesn't, doesn't change my relationship yeah. to the original thing. I can pretend it doesn't exist. You know, there is like, there is no mountain of holy purity where some, somebody is going to carve <laughs> into the side up. Oh, Watchmen has been permissively blemished because before Watchmen was lousy, you know, and, and I, you know, I don't know, uh. It's like Star Wars was a thing that taught me I don't always need more of the thing I want. Uh, when I was a little kid, I loved the first Star Wars movies. And uh, then they, this cartoon came on called uh, Ewoks and uh, this other cartoon droids. <laughs> yes. I'm really dating myself. Um, <laughs> and uh, I remember when they came on, I was so excited. To, like these Star, Wars, Star Wars. Right, Star yeah. Wars cartoons. And then they came on and like there was no Han, no Luke, no Leia, no Chewie, no Darth Vader. It was just like... Yep. droids and a bunch of people I never saw and I was like oh what the hell <laughs> you know and I was like where's Luke I want more Luke Skywalker then years later those Timothy Zahn books came out yeah and uh that was basically those books it's like you know and and, and, I, and you know they were great and I know a lot of people who love them they struck me as like they're for people who never wanted the movie Return of the Jedi to end you know it's like if you just want to see Luke battling it out with the Empire and Dark Jedis forever <laughs> those books are for you you know yeah. uh you just you never want to see that particular asp that that part of the saga come to an end those yeah. books stretch it out for a hundred more adventures um and then when I read those I was sort of like eh, you know it's like I don't really need this either and then I was sort of had this moment where I was like wow maybe I just don't need more Star Wars now I, I like actually <laughs> like a lot of the new Star Wars movies you know yeah. Legend of Force Awakens and Last Jedi and stuff um you know so I, I'm glad that those things are being used and, and being used well um but it's like I, I sort of can go to both sides of the spectrum where like I I am I am not afraid to watch something recede into the past. Like we don't need to make more of everything. Yeah. But it's like if you know, I'm I'm I try to be open minded about like giving new takes on things a chance because you know because sometimes some of the things we love about stuff are the result of those reinventions and those yeah. new things. You know, it's like, you know, it's weird when you think that like Superman couldn't fly when he was invented. It's yeah. like somebody reinvented <laughs> him for a series of animated cartoons and they they said 
leaping a tall building every time is too hard to animate. It's much easier (laughs) if he doesn't have to come back down. And suddenly Superman could fly, and now it's weird to think, you know, that Superman can fly. So you never know. You will believe a man can jump. Right, yeah, exactly. You know, you never know the next reinvention might do for something. You know, it's like, have you seen, like, the new She-Ra? You know, it's like they've turned what was basically an ordinary filmation cartoon of its era into, like, something cool and deep. And, you know, and it's like something, you know, more important and, and meaningful than, you know, its source material ever could have been. And it's like, you know, I don't know that Lost is, you know, it's like it's not a filmation cartoon, so it's not quite, <laughs> quite have that yeah. kind of depth left like to be you never out. know what somebody else might get from it with a more yep. modern perspective, even when more modern is, like, eight years right now. <laughs> yep, yep. It's like, you know, when somebody can look at those tropes and subvert them cleverly when somebody can you know twist everything in a way that you know you didn't quite expect and bring a little of the familiar and uh, uh, a little surprise it's like yeah who knows you know it's like I, I i would love to be excited about lost again you know yeah and that you know that won't really ever happen more than nostalgia unless there's some new something yeah you know? so yeah cool. you know i'd be about that cool who would you be on the island what kind of role would you want to play? Would you want to be in competition to be the person who controls the island? What kind of baggage do you think you'd wrestle with? Who would I be on the island? Okay, do you remember the guy in the pilot who got sucked into the engine? <laughs> yes, I do. Okay, that would be me. <laughs> uh, Fair enough. I would be that dude standing on the beach being like, okay, I would like to be in competition to be leader of the... <laughs> and just be sucked right into the... <laughs> Uh, you know, um, I'd like to think I would be cool enough to be one of like the Saved by the Bell crew of the Lost Island. You know, the 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 eight eight people who are always involved in every adventure, while the other fifty seven plane passengers stand on the beach nodding behind them. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling I would be one of those other fifty seven who I believe all wind up dying by the end of the show. They are all <laughs> killed off by mercenaries in that slaughter or something. You know. Oh, that's like, right. Yes, there's a you know. Um, so to yeah, I think I'd probably get killed, but uh. I don't know. I would love to think that, like, you know, maybe like a Desmond Hume or something, I can fall ass backwards into something cool. Okay. Um, You know, it's like Desmond, you know, always the guy, you know, pushed beyond something he doesn't understand at first in the hatch. Is it real? Is it not real? Then suddenly unstuck in time. Then he's the first guy to get a look at the flash sideways, right? Yeah. But of course he's Desmond, so he totally misunderstands what he sees, and he <laughs> thinks he's seeing heaven. So he comes back, you know, to the world, and now he's, like, totally fearless about everything because he thinks when he dies, he's going to go to this heaven, you know. Yeah. But it's not heaven. It's, you know, it's this... It's what he saw when he got thrown into that electrocution machine in, you know, he yeah. dies for a second, and in his death, he sees his he flash it. sideways, you know, yeah. and comes back. And like Desmond Hume, he gets a flash of the greatness of the cosmic universe, but doesn't get it at all, <laughs> and is just sort of tossed around in the waters, right? And that's how, like, the show ends, right? It's like three men walk off to the cave of light, Jack, Desmond, and the man in black, right? Yeah. And each one thinks something's different is going to happen when they get there. Jack thinks he'll be able to kill the man in black. The man in black thinks he'll be able to escape the island. And Desmond thinks they're all going to be transported to this magic world he saw. Yeah. So they get down there, and Desmond immediately turns out to be wrong because he's Desmond. <laughs> and, like, he immediately he's, like, he falls in the waters, and he's like, I screwed up, man. Oh, my God, you know. <laughs> and Jack's got to save his ass. And then both Jack and the man in black turn out to be right, which is when Jacob is dead and his magic is canceled out. The man in black can escape the island, but Jack can kill him now, too. So yeah. they get to have their final battle, you know, which, as we know, they both die in. But, yeah. uh, you know, but it's like 
Yes, right down to the last minute. It's like Desmond is the dude who <laughs> falls ass backwards into just the most amazing things without ever really quite getting them. And it's like, I feel like I can pull that off. Nice. You know, it's like, I don't I don't think I've got it in me to stop the man in black. You know, I will leave that to somebody more strapping and qualified. Uh, but um, yeah, like I, I'd like to think I'm a Desmond. Um, okay, I think that's a great answer. I think I'm a Desmond too. I'm going to fall ass backwards into something. <laughs> We're going to move on to our How Obsessed Are You questions. Do you think about Lost every day? Not every day. Um, I do think about it when I write a lot. It's like okay. Lost, you know, it is a, in a million ways it is always for me a reflective thing where it's like sometimes when you think you're doing something great, everybody's going to hate it. Sometimes, you know... <sighs> Like it's just like, creatively, you can never know how it's going to be received. Yes, creatively, you can never know how something's going to be received. You know, my, my understanding is like, you know... They, they, they were super optimistic about the last season, you know, thinking that it was going to be this big, wonderful surprise for everybody when they figured out what was going on. Like, yeah. it would be like one of those big, lost, holy shit moments that everyone always loves. And it just just didn't go down like that at yeah. all. And I remember saying, like, you know, hey, sometimes, you, you know, like uh, William Goldman, nobody knows anything. <laughs> yeah. Even you, you know, at the top of your game might not be able to read how people will take your stuff. So, like, don't always take it personally, you know. Yeah. It's like, but then also it's like, I, I feel like there's a lot of great writing lessons in Lost, like, uh. The pilot of Lost is a textbook example of everything everyone would ever tell you never to do. It, you know, <laughs> the show was not written on spec. It was written, you know, at the behest of a network. So yeah. it's like, you know, I, I wouldn't advise going out and writing a spec script like Lost. But if you did, I guarantee you any person you show it to is going to say, first of all, there are too many characters. Second of all, what's with this crazy flashback structure? Third yeah. of all, you raise a million questions you don't ask anybody. No one's going to like that. <laughs> and like everything about it that made it work was something that I think people would conventionally say, don't do this don't do that right. and lost was just sort of like the oh no no we're letting it all off the hook in the other direction and you know and it was one of the last I mean, because of it it was like it was a monster i mean you know I, yeah. I i actually had an office job back when lost was on i was a lawyer uh and it was like one of those wow. shows yeah I, I was a lawyer back in the day uh <laughs> it was one of those shows where like you know i hate to use this cliche like water cooler show but it was like yeah one of those shows where people would walk in and like be standing around the next morning being like holy crap did you see last night the thing with that statue with the four toes and what is with that, you know? Uh, and it was like that zeitgeistiness, I think, came from all the chances they were willing to take and all, you know, just yeah. willing to go big and sort of let things off the hook and not sort of worry too much about, you know, what comes next or, or, or those kind of things. And, you know, I guess I know a lot of people think that, you know, that turned out to be a weakness eventually. But it's like it's like they, they keep their vibe going. And it's like, you know, to me, it's like uh, there, there is a lesson there about like sometimes, you know, don't be afraid to follow your instinct about what yeah. makes things great, even if everybody's telling you the, the, the conventional wisdom says otherwise. Because a lot of times the conventional wisdom would pull apart that amazing thing that you love. That's you know? unique. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a great lesson. I'm going to think about that every day. Uh, I need that lesson. Uh, when people walk into your home, can they tell you love lost? <laughs> When people walk into my home, they think that they have wandered into the storeroom for a comic book and collectible store. Uh, my my awesome. home, yes, because of the, the you know me and the person I live with, uh, it is just stuffed with comic book bins and figurines and this and that. There is some lost stuff among uh, thing. I got a few lost Funko Pops. Okay, um, I've got. Um, 
uh, I've got a couple of lost, uh, you know, uh, enamel buttons. You know, okay, those, like, nice yeah. ones. Um, here, here's the thing: because Lost kind of landed with a thud, it like it it did not have a big marketing boom afterwards. So it's like there aren't a ton of Lost collectibles. Like I have a Kate action figure. There was like a line of action figures. Okay, you know, like a friend bought me. You know, it's like Kate and like some kind of like she comes with like the little the plane that she was trying to give recover. You know, and stuff like yeah. that. Um, and it's like uh, uh, I I know there's that line of action figures, and there are the Funko Pops. I I, I have a lost T-shirt oh, yeah, on right yeah. now. Dharma Initiative um, stuff, right? Yes, all the Dharma Initiative symbols. Uh, my, my proudest moment was when I ran into uh, the Brian K. Vaughn, uh, the author, you know, of Saga and uh, yeah. some great comic books, who was a writer on Lost for a while. Uh, and I happened to be wearing this shirt at the moment, <laughs> and Brian K. Vaughn walked up to me and said, "Man, that shirt is so cool. Where did you get it?" And I was just like, bah, 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 "I love you." Um, That's awesome. Yeah, no, he's the best. Uh, and yeah, so um, I'm trying to think of what else I have. That that might be it. It's so like, people have to dig before they yes, they I, see it. But that's only because you have so many loves, and they are all represented. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> our our stuff is just our yeah, our house is just crammed with crap. Um, yeah, I do do a thing though. Pretty much whenever I go to Comic Con or WonderCon or like some you know big toy buying thing uh, excursion, um, I, I try to tweet out to everybody if you see lost merchandise. Tell me the booth okay, number. Cool. You know, I'm so you, that guy looking for that one piece of unsold lost merchandise that some vendor has had since 2002, you know. Yeah. That's uh, cool that you want to embrace it in that way, in that merch way. Yeah. It's also easy since there is so little. It's like I can talk like I'm a big spender, but like it never comes up because there is no lost stuff. So it's like, you know. But yes, if you are ever at a con, let me know. Oh, man. See any. Yeah. I, will, I will keep my eye out. Um, have you had or would you want to have a dream about lost? I don't think I have. I got to tell you, it's like I, I don't. You know, it's weird. I, I don't have a lot of dreams, or don't remember a lot of okay. dreams. You know, um, I, would I want to have a dream about loss? Yeah, would it um, freak you out if you had a really lucid dream, so it felt like a uh, like felt like a, it was on the island of um, flash sideways or a, yeah, yeah? Oh my god, jeez. Uh, <laughs> well, given your interpretation of it, yes, yes, you, yeah, you would terrifying. Like, no, you, I would, like. yes, like, if you're having a flash sideways, it means something bad is happening it's right not now. A fun. Would you like to have that flash of the moment before you die? Would that be fun? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I don't know. Honestly, I probably wouldn't want to see my life summarized before I die. It would be boring and depressing. <laughs> if you like that flash sideways, it's like, yeah, well, I wasted my whole life. Uh, yeah, um, would I want to have a dream about Lost? Yeah, I, I guess so. Uh, you know, um, yeah. As you, long as I'm going to wake up eventually, because like, <laughs> some some bad crap can happen to you on that island. That's true. Uh, that's true. Okay. I think ambivalence is a, a respectable answer. Uh, would you want to fly on a plane that had a bunch of images from Lost on it, or would that be tempting fate? Oh, my God. Uh, wow. There, there was like a... There was like a God. What show is this? There was like a, a Anthony Anderson. It was like a comedy sketch where like he's just like you know walking along, getting on a jet plane, and he turns around and he gets in. And it's like the, the cast of Lost is sitting there on the <laughs> plane, right. and he just like drops his bags and like runs. You know, it's like yeah, oh my God, to like to have to watch Lost like on an airplane. It's like you know, especially like episodes that depict the plane crash, which yeah. is like really well depicted. You know, for 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 network television, it's like you know cinematic you know production yeah. values there. Um, probably not. I'm I'm not great with heights, so I don't know okay. about watching stuff about plane crashes <laughs> while I'm in a plane. But I don't know. No, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with no. I'm gonna no. go with okay, I want to watch line. watch movies about planes that stay in the air. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, this kind of goes to the merch stuff we were talking about. If there was a lost breakfast cereal, would you buy and eat it? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. In a minute. Okay. Uh, I don't have to find out what it is. Although, like, what would it be? I mean, I guess like. <sighs> 
Yeah, it could be like, a Dharma Initiative thing, or it could be like right. Smokos was just what the smoke kind of monster. Food do you associate with like you know tropical island? Some sort of coconut puffs or oh yeah, you know, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, whatever it is, I would I would definitely give it a shot. Okay, uh, y- now you and your partner aren't married, are you? No. Okay, would you want to have a lost themed wedding? Would I want to have a lost themed wedding? Ah. Uh, no, that's a little over the top <laughs> fandom for me personally. I don't know that you know. I don't know that my my partner would want that. If I was going to do a theme wedding, God, uh, man, I'd really have to think about that. Yeah. Um, what kind of theme wedding would I want? Lost seems a little too dark because it's all about like you know baggage. I don't know that that imagery is quite right for a wedding. You know. Yeah. Like, hey, for let's let's steep our wedding in imagery <laughs> from uh you know the all the the lifelong struggle that comes from acquiring baggage. Yeah. Um. Let's admit that we haven't figured things out yet. As we get married, yeah. Uh, I feel like there that. are a couple of sham marriages in that show, like con <laughs> artists trying to trick people and stuff. You know, it's like, yeah. 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 How about something small that's almost more for you? Like, would you want to have cufflinks that are like Dharma Initiative? Or is that just not the way that you embrace I mean, your fandom? You know, I, I would probably take those cufflinks. Um, I don't do a lot of stuff like that. Like, for me, like, you know, embracing my fandom was like doing a Tempting Fate episode for Lost. You yeah. Know? It's like, I kind of wanted to do, like, a season for it, but I was sort yeah. of like, no one's going to watch this because everyone <laughs> hates Lost. Um, so it was like sort of letting letting my freak flag fly that night by just throwing, you know, my friends into the deep end and yeah. just kind of having this crazy night where, like, we just, you know, we had basically every little bit of everything packed into three hours. Uh, that was great. It's like... Uh, yeah, you know, it's like I wear the lost T-shirt when I, you know, when I'm yeah. at that point in the laundry cycle. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I'm not. You but know, your engagement with it seems more cerebral. Like you yes. like to think about it and what it means and the truth of how it got produced and all that. And that's how you're connecting to it yeah. more than it is super reflective. Like, uh, I mean, obviously, a big. I'm a big Star Wars fan and I didn't have any element of Star Wars in my wedding. And some elements of Star Wars, I'd be happy but other elements, like I know friends who have, you know, had the Imperial March for yeah. the, the procession and, and <laughs> people at my wedding said, why didn't you have that? And like, because uh, it's the sound of tyranny coming <laughs> to step on the throat of the galaxy to me for you. Fine. If you want to do that for your wedding, it's fun and ironic. But for me, like I want I want any any way that I would embrace a property I love, I would want it to embrace the also the hopeful truths of my partnership yes yeah it's like to divorce it so much from what it you know you got to give something a little credit for what it claims for itself yeah and to present the imperial march as like some sort of joyous wedding occasion is sort of <laughs> again, like and all, all apologies to my many friends who have done this yes yeah yeah no again <laughs> not judging anybody just like for me yeah uh you know i guess I mean, also with Star Wars, it's like the only wedding in that thing is like Anakin and Padme. And yeah. it's like, you know. It's real secret. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's secret and it ends in basically universe ending disaster <laughs> pretty much. So yeah. it's not then, a healthy marriage. Right. You know, it's like if you're going to go with marriage, it's like there there have to be better stories to, to, to lean on. <laughs> yeah. So if someone you love was trapped on an island, uh, in just a normal island, not a magical island, okay. like that, just a normal island, you couldn't rescue them, but you could somehow get them one television show to watch <laughs> to ease their boredom, would you send them lost? Ooh, trapped on an island? <laughs> uh, that seems so cruel. I asked this question anyway, and it's like, here's, I gotta ask it for lost. Oh, God, here, here's something to get your mind off things. This show about people trapped on an island. <laughs> 
Don't, um, would I send them lost? Wow. Um, I mean, I, you know, I want to say yes because it's such a good dick move, but like, <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I'm just not that much of an asshole. I okay. couldn't rub it into someone trapped on an island that way. Okay. Um, especially since like, you know, 80 some odd people wind up crashing on the island and I think like seven get off, you know, by the time all is said and done. So yeah. it's like. It really suck by the time you get to the seasons where they're wanting to come back to the island after they've gone off. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. So even when it's over, it won't be over, you know. <laughs> All right, I accept that as a no. Would you name a child or a pet after a character in Lost? Oh, uh, maybe not a child, but certainly a pet. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I would love to have, a, you know, a pet Desmond or, or <laughs> maybe a name for Daniel Faraday. Oh, nice. Um, uh, I mean, I guess, you know, you could always just go on the nose, like, and you know, name your dog Vincent. <laughs> uh, and then you could name your dog Vincent, but train him to respond to when you call, Walt! Walt! Because, like, every time he would do that, like, you'd hear something move in the brush, and then it would turn out to be Vincent. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, pet, yes. Child, probably no. Yeah. Um, because is that too far? Is Do you feel like it's putting a baggage on the child to be like the like character? I, I just, because I, everybody in Lost is kind of such a trash fire in some way or another. It's like, I don't know who <laughs> whose image I would want to, you know, burden. Yeah, like a child with, it's like, you know, it's like... Uh, like, who would you want to name your kid after on that yeah. show? It's like the heroin addict, the torturer, you know, <laughs> the the drug dealer. Uh, the um, I mean, I, I guess Jack's a doctor. Uh, he's got daddy issues. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. But it's like, it's also like Jack is, you know. Kind of got that hero syndrome, right, where he kind of feels like it's his burden to be in charge of everything, right? Yes. Yeah. He's definitely got that going on. And he's got, his problems are like sad and depressing, you know, like his issues with his family and this and that. And it's like, you know, he's a great hero for the show. Uh, I don't know that I would, you know, want my son <laughs> growing up in the image of Jack Shepard, whose dad was like, you know. Oh, right. His dad was a mega jerk, right? Dad was a mega jerk, yeah. And uh, and then we're like he was like tortured by images of his dad, you know, I guess via the man in black, you know, yeah. like on and on. So it's like, I don't know, you know, if that's the father-son relationship I want to evoke with my own <laughs> son. I think that's uh, a good decision. Thank you. I think you. it's a solid decision. Uh, here's the final How Obsessed Are You question. If you were about to see your favorite episode of Lost on the big screen, maybe there was even a panel talking about it, but a bear was blocking your path. Would you try to get past the bear? Wow! Again, with lost, I know. lost question. Apparently, questions. lost is in my subconscious. With yeah, my um, I would get Sawyer to shoot the bear. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, everybody would just think it was a publicity stunt. Like, I wow, I ain't afraid of no bear. How tough can they be? <laughs> All right, so your interest would propel you. Uh, yeah, I would, I, I guess that would probably be the constant would be my favorite episode. This is one of those things where it's like, you know, you try and pick your favorite episode of a show and it's like, all right, I can narrow it down to my <laughs> 10 favorites, yeah. you know, like Star Trek or something. You're always like, balance of terror. No, no, no. All good things. No, no, no. You inner know. light. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Inner light. Oh God. Yeah. Inner yeah. light. Um, see like that's, you know, that's another thing is like the constant borrows from all good things. The way Picard slides around oh, in time. Yeah, Desmond yeah. does the exact same slide and they even present the physics of it the same where like people's sentences start and end, you know, the oh, beginnings of the next right. one. I think I Lindelof actually said they took that right from all good things, you know, and, and, and it's like, you know, all good things, maybe my favorite Trek episode. I don't know. I don't really? know. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. That's again, a 
very long, hard <laughs> conversation. It could also be Balance of Terror. I don't know. It, it, but yeah, I got to rewatch some Star Trek, too. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen some of those. Uh, but I accept your bear answer. You, you would brave past the bear. I ask everyone to make a noise to sum up their obsession. What kind of noise do you have for Lost? What kind of noise do I have for Lost? Oh, I guess it have to be that... <laughs> you know, that, that happens whenever they, like, go into that flash side, uh, flashback, you know, yeah. the wishing sound. Uh, yeah, what a great narrative sound to yes. just make you feel like, well, we lo- don't know what's going on, but the story is continuing. Yeah, We're going well, over here now. And I love the way they evolved it over the course of the show. So when, when they went back in time, there's a swoosh, right, that makes you go yeah. into, into the past. Then when they were doing the, uh, the jump to the future stuff, it changes uh, into... Um, I think I think the sound goes away. Oh my god! See, this is one of the little details I've lost. Okay. Like what happens is like uh, the sound now becomes the sound of like uh, I think like the hatch explosion, like the whoom, you know, like oh, because right. the thing that propelled them or whatever into the past, you know, is now the sound. Then like in the last season, instead of when they change back and forth between the island and the flash sideways, you hear the cranking gears of a plane. Oh. Uh, you know, because it is the cranking gears of the plane passing over Jack's head as he dies yeah. in his final moment at the end. So it's like they actually use that little wishing sound to like pick up on, you know, what's going on mythologically and physically. But yeah, if I could do a good impression of the lost whoosh. Okay. That's awesome. That's great. Uh, I ask everyone to rate their obsession. So on a scale of, uh, let's do 1 to 108, uh, 108 being the highest, 1 being the lowest, where would you rate yourself? Where would I rate myself? Well... I feel like, you know, 108s are like, probably should be reserved for those people who like write books and dissertations <laughs> and stuff and, you know, have their own web encyclopedias. I definitely don't rise to that level. Um, I would say uh, 81, 081. 081. Okay. Yeah. yeah so it's the same numbers. So, you know, I would say I, 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 I really, you know, I really connect to the material of the show. You yeah. Know, again, it's not not so much about merchandise. It's not so much about you know, sort of exterior things. Just the perfect blend of action and sci-fi and all their little fantasy tropes, and it's all set against this sort of incomprehensible magic realism background. You know, it just yeah, it was exactly the right recipe for my brain. And it's just like yeah, so it's like my reaction to the show itself. You know, very high. You know, uh, I that. Depending on how you do the scale, I would lower that if the idea is like, can you remember the oh, name no. of every episode where something happened? It's like, yeah, episode titles, they've sort of floated away to from me. Obsession you know. isn't about knowledge. Knowledge is one of the ways that people demonstrate obsession. But I, to me, I, I think it is. It's about that connection more than anything. Well, of like, I, oh my God, I, I have all of these boxes to check in terms of something I'm interested in. And you check them all. And. It just grabs me. Well, as somebody with very little little knowledge, I am willing to accept that definition. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, this is our plug-in part of the podcast, so tell people, like, just technically, how can they find uh, uh, your shows on Twitch? Oh, sure. Uh, Tempting Fate. Uh, well, you can see back episodes on YouTube. Uh, you can find on Saving Throw uh, Saving Throw Show's YouTube channel. Uh, you just go in there and type Tempting Fate RPG into the search engine, and you'll find all of our episodes. And uh, we are on Sunday nights at uh, 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, right now we're on a break, but we come back on, I think, January 6th. I think it's Sunday, January 6th is the day we're coming back. And, uh, yeah, you just go on Twitch TV backslash Saving Throw Show. Okay. Um, or, you know, find us on Twitter at uh, Tempting Fate RPG. 
Cool. And do you want people to find you yourself on social media? Uh, you can find me at uh, rbud913 on uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram. I really should have a better thing. I, you know, <laughs> it's like back in the day, I was shrugged my shoulders. I was like, who cares? It doesn't matter. Yeah. And now it's like, yeah, at rbud913 on Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, you know, I every morning I go for a walk where I count puppers <laughs> and I tweet out the pupper count every morning. So if you're interested in the running pupper count this morning, there were nine puppers. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, you go out there every morning and there are just dogs they're, everywhere. They're everywhere. I have learned to look at my feet uh, living here in Hollywood <laughs> because there might be a cute, adorable little dog there right oh, by my feet yeah. at any time. They, they just materialize there. It's amazing. Uh, here's some quick plugs for this show and then we'll do our final questions. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host that is called Force Center. Info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums and stuff like that you can check out my website at josephscrimshot.com you can support obsessed by backing us on patreon full info on that go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw and uh if you're in the san francisco area and you're going to be there for sf sketchfest we're doing a live obsessed all about misunderstood water creatures it's gonna be a weird episode and really fun to do live Sounds so, awesome, actually. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I'm, I'm so looking forward to it. Oh, I have one guest who's obsessed with sharks and another who is obsessed with the movie Creature from the Black Lagoon. So, ah. like, all right, how can I put those together? That's a perfect mix. Misunderstood water creatures. Uh, here are our final questions. Don't have anything to do with the main obsession. If you could fly, but you had to hold an object while flying, what object would you want it to be? An electric guitar. <laughs> <laughs> just because it would look cool? Uh, yeah, and I don't know, and I like to play guitar. It's like, I, you know, it's like flying looks really cool, but if you're going anywhere cool, you know, like any, anywhere you'd really want to go, it's going to yeah. take a really long time. So it's like, I figure I can use it to practice. So if you're just like, hey, I'm going to New York. Yeah, it's I'm like I'll fly just and I'm zipping gonna... along, practicing my scales. <laughs> well, that is up there in the sky. It's uh, the lead guitarist of Santa. Well, who, who is that? What? Some guy, he's practicing. <laughs> Look at that, he's doing C Mixolydian. <laughs> That's awesome. If you could, would you clone yourself? Um, no. Okay. Because, I don't know, I think I hate living with myself. I, you know, <laughs> would it be just too much of, because obviously we all have different levels of, of relationship with, we get used to our voice or our our own image in the mirror or that kind of thing is it just like too much of always looking in the mirror listening yes. to yourself on a podcast yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it's like yes i don't like looking at pictures of myself or hearing my voice recorded or being reminded that i exist in any way so uh you know a clone especially if it's like one of these like will the clone be like instantly aged so it looks like just like me like immediately yeah it's wearing your lost t-shirt when it comes into existence. yeah no that's yeah. that's horrible and uh that's a big no all right this i'm gonna start a whole separate podcast it's just would you clone yourself I've only asked this twice, and the first person was like, yes, of course. I have a million reasons I'd need a clone of myself. Uh, so I'm fascinated that I got yeah, one no. solid yes and one solid nope. That person totally deserves to get killed and replaced by their clone. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, the final question for everyone on the podcast is, what is happiness? Oof. Uh, okay, what is happiness? Well, I mean, there's that part of me that wants to break into that song from It's a Good Man, Charlie Brown, you know? <laughs> happiness is eating some ice cream. Da -da -da -da. Wow. Yeah, um... I don't know. It's like, you know, that man, it's such a tough question. It uh, really is. You know, I... I was a philosophy major back in college, back in the day. So, so. you're a philosophy major before law school to yes. become a lawyer? Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, you know, because there's really nothing practical to do with a philosophy degree. <laughs> you know, either you yeah. teach philosophy or you go to law school or you're unemployed. 
Uh, and, you know, there was a lot of these what is good, what is, you know, you have these conversations. So it's yeah. sometimes hard for my, me to separate my thoughts from like those old, deep, pretentious philosopher conversations. But it's like, I want to offer, you know, something kind of, I know that sounds vaguely pompous, but like no, something like, uh, you know, I like to think of happiness less as a noun and more of like an adjective. It's like happiness is the compliment you pay to the best kinds of moments. So it's Ooh. like, you know... Uh, the thing you feel hugging your mom is different than the thing you feel rewatching your favorite TV series, but they're both happiness because they're both the best moments of their kind. Yeah. You know? And it's like happiness is the thing you say about those, the, those best moments that have no real word to describe them. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, and is this a thing you've come to yourself or is this uh, mm, derived from the philosophy you study? This is vaguely influenced by, you know, it's kind of like postmodern pragmatism is kind of like a point of view that would say something like, you know, uh, truth is a compliment you pay to the things that you think are best in the way of belief. So, okay. When, when somebody, you know, once you believe that it's good to think two plus two is four, you call that the truth because that's the word you use to describe the things that you think are the best things to believe for whatever reasons you've convinced because science convinced you because whatever. Yeah. You know, um, and yeah, it's like stretching that sort of deconstructive idea, you know, to happiness and good or something like that. It's like, yeah, it's like when you stop, stop thinking of it as a noun, like happiness isn't like something that is out there to be found or like yeah. a physical feeling that can be measured. It's, it's a word, you know, happiness, you know, I know it sounds stupid and literal, but it's like happiness is a word. And what do we do with that word? It's like, we, we use it to pay compliments to, to great moments. Yeah. You know? I really like that. A lot of people answer with, I think, trying to be really healthy about not that it's not a destination and it's not an end goal. <laughs> I like this description that it's not a constant state of being, like even where you're like, hey, for this hour I was happy, but just a hap there was happiness present. That makes a lot of sense to me because I've been having like, uh, uh, like thinking about I'm in a bad mood or not even a bad mood, but just concerned, frustrated, whatever, and I'm driving somewhere and I just look up and I see like mountains and palm trees and being from Minnesota, I'm like I am technically in a not great mood, but... I, I'm enjoying those palm trees and mountains. Yes. And I'm happy in that part of the moment. Exactly. I think there's a really unhealthy thing where a lot of people think happiness is like this constant state of walking around in bliss and being happy with everything that you are doing and endeavoring. And it's like yeah. happiness is when you love what you do and love everybody you know. And it's like <laughs> it's, it's, it, it, it is a, it's a false standard. And a lot of people, I think, kind of hold themselves up to it. And, and it, you know, it makes them more unhappy because they think they're they're broken because they're not like that all the time. Yeah. Like, I don't, I mean, and again, I don't know. I can only speak from my own experience. It's like, I don't really think that's how happy people are. Happy people are not walking around in a constant state of bliss. They are the people who can roll through the tougher moments and the downtimes, you know, because every once in a while their concentration is broken by the beautiful mountains and they can get absorbed into that moment. And that, that moment can make all the rest of the stuff a little lighter. You yeah. Know? And, and, you know, when you see it that way, it's a, it's a little more manageable. You okay. Know? It's like happiness is, it is something that not only can happen to you, but probably happened to you three times today, you know? Yeah, if you're willing to kind of be there for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. That's oh. awesome. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. Oh, dude, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to rewatch Lost. <laughs> I might I might even bump a modern program <laughs> in order to rewatch Lost. Call me, man. I will come to that. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. When they brought Mr. Echo on in season two, uh, 
I, I instantaneously fell in love with this character. Love the actor. Uh, you know, he just, he has this absolutely commanding screen presence. He comes in and then, I, I, you know, I just, he has this story that builds him with this really dramatic backstory, but, you know, he's very powerful on the island in a sense, you know, people listen to him, you know, despite the fact that his backstory is dark and bloody. I was so drawn into this character. And then my understanding is that, like, behind the scenes, the actor just, like, kind of didn't like hanging out in Hawaii, so left the show. So, like, Mr. Echo just, like, unceremoniously just, like, departs the show, like, like two episodes into season three. And I, I remember watching that episode and just staring at the screen and being like, uh, but, what, well, but, okay, now he's going to what? He's going to come. He's not really gone. And it was like, yeah, no, he was just really gone. And that was just, like, the most, that that is probably the most crushing disappointment lost delivered to me in six seasons was just like, here's this awesome character who we uh, let out of his contract. Sorry, he's gone. 